You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Woohoo! And we are... Um, we're kind of on a roll answering frequently asked questions. So we're going to just keep going. Just keep rolling with it? Okay. So back to back. Last time we did mountain biking frequently asked questions. We're going to go back to backpacking um, for this episode. And here are a few questions that um, this one particular person uh, said that they get asked a lot. And I'm trying to pick questions that we hear a lot in our shop. Um, but there are a few here that we don't necessarily hear very often, but I thought, hey, those are some good things we're talking about. Um, so the first question, uh, which is better for a beginner backpacker, a, ha- a hammock or a tent? tent? Tent. Yeah. So we've talked about this in, the, in a few, uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 episodes ago, which better, hammock or tent? We all agreed that a tent is better. Now, if you own a hammock... And you don't own a tent, can you go back? But yes, you can make it happen. Right. Yeah. But um, if you're looking to buy, <laughs> right. buy a tent first. Yeah. Yeah, it's once you have a good tent and you want to try the hammock thing out, then go for it. But a tent is always going to work for you in pretty much every condition, whereas a hammock is may may not. And if you just have the hammock and you don't, I mean, you need a tarp or fly, yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, it's something, once you've kind of figured out your kit that you need for backpacking, and then you want to start kind of messing around with some other options, like maybe you have a good stove, a good reliable stove and stuff, but you want to try it, an alcohol stove. Well, that's that's great. Go ahead and try it. But I would get your basic kit figured out and feel really comfortable with it, and then you can start fine-tuning it. Um, and the hammock versus a tent, that's one of the big ones. Like if you screw up the, the shelter part of it, you could be in big trouble. Yeah. So you get a good reliable tent first. Uh, it doesn't have to be crazy expensive. You can get good ones for 150 bucks or, or so and up from there. <clears throat> you can get really good, reliable backpacking tents. And then after you've got that, you've been on some trips and stuff, and you're like, you know what? I want to test out a hammock, see how it goes. Go for it. But uh, you're going to need a rain fly to go with that hammock. You're going to, it adds some additional challenges. So it's probably not the best way to go when you're just starting out. Um, so that's that. Next question. Um, let's see here. Um, can I take a regular backpack that I already have on a backpacking trip? Like your school backpack, your decline? Yeah, like your, your, yeah, school backpack, maybe a client, uh, your skiing, a backpack that you use for skiing, or your backpack you use to. 
School backpack? I would say no. It's going to be really hard to make yeah. your school backpack work. What uh, about what but, about like a travel pack? No. Or what? a duffel bag with shoulder straps? No. <laughs> I think the only pack that you realistically can overlay on, double up on, would be like an alpine climbing pack. Or possibly like a ski pack. You really want a hip belt. Yeah, if it's yeah. gonna, if you want something that's gonna carry weight well, distribute weight well, I should say. Right. You. I think I think if it has a hip belt, you're in, you're in pretty. You, now we're in the right category here right. of, of you can make work like. There's some day packs. And not just with, a little webbing strap, but like no. a padded, yeah. substantial hip belt. Yeah. The, this would be an area. For your first trip to go and spend some money on and get a comfortable backpack yeah pack. yeah and get and get just kind of a standard or or if you have a friend that has a good one that you can borrow or something to find out what you like the problem is is that there's a lot of people that fall in love with the idea of ultralight backpacking or um or hammock backpacking or all of these different kind of niche things it looks good on the instagram right and they don't have the background of backpacking generally. And so they go and they go buy an ultralight backpack, but they don't have all the rest of the ultralight gear and they're carrying too much. And then they're miserable because that ultralight backpack isn't made to carry 35 or 45 or 50 pounds, made to carry like 25 or less. And so they're dying because their backpack's really uncomfortable. Well, once you get backpacking figured out, and you've gone on quite a few trips, and you you kind of know what you what gear you use all the time and what gear you can leave at home, you can start paring it down. And you want to try ultralight backpacking? Go for it. But some of those types of things are like I'm a huge proponent in ultralight backpacking. Wasn't it nice, Chase, when you're doing the high line to be carrying like 18 pounds? It feels like it was, you're wearing a day pack. It was stellar. Yeah. And that's at the beginning of a five day trip, like. That's awesome, but you don't get there the first time. Yeah, it's usually. taking me a while to get there. Yeah, you kind of got to learn the backpacking skills, figure out what works, what doesn't, because you want to go out there in the mountains feeling confident that you can be safe in a variety of And I, I think situations. the first time I went backpacking, I packed my clothing like I was going on vacation. Like I had underwear for each day and socks for each day and like sweatpants and you know, to sleep in. Like I had all the clothes because you don't know. I don't know. Right. Maybe I'm gonna need this jacket and maybe I'm gonna need. And then so it just feels like. Well, at first I knocked out about half of it and then I still keep paring down a little bit and a little bit more, a little bit more. But you will overpack the first time, and so to have a pack that is meant to hold weight for an extended period of time unlike your scope now i had a um i think i had, I had a, it was a mountain hardware uh backpack for school that i think i got from steep and jeep that i pretty sure has a hip belt now i could probably make it but it was built like it has a laptop pad like right. it's a school bag right it's not a but it had but it does have the sewed on things on the back so if i had to strap daisy, daisy if i had to strap a bunch of crap to that thing i could probably make it work and figure it out but man that is not ideal right yeah you really want to have a backpack with a sturdy hip belt with a full frame to support the weight 
Um, if you try to make it work with just a little school backpack or day pack or something like that, you're going to be so uncomfortable. It's just not going to be that fun. It's like, it's like you decide, hey, I want to try road biking and see how it goes. And you go buy a, a real cheap bike from Walmart or something like that. And you go out with your friends and they're on nice bikes and you realize, oh, they go twice as fast as me for the same amount of effort. Are you going to have as much fun? Like, no way. So, so now here's an example. Um, I bought my wife a pack. Basically, it's like a crag pack. It's a, it was a lightweight REI backpack. Um, but I've been backpacking with my mom a couple of times and that's the pack that I have her use but I'm carrying Most all the, the way, things, right. this, the, the full cook, cook stuff, cookware, the shelter, all the shelter. I mean, she's basically has her clothes in it, in it, you know, and something like, and it does have a hip pad, but it's lightweight and small. So you can't, you can make smaller packs like that work. If like your partner is carrying right. all the other stuff. Right. So, oh yeah. She, she puts her sleeping bag in there and like her clothes and food. Yeah. And that, yeah. Now, if you're concerned that you're like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to like this and I don't want to go drop 500 bucks on a new backpack, a new sleeping bag, a new tent, all these types of things, but I want to try it out and see if I like it. Well, your local universities likely have they a rent place them. that you can rent them. Mm-hmm. Um, Weber State does that, the outdoor program at Weber State, University of Utah, BYU, all of these different universities here in Utah do. I imagine it's the same way in most other states. Um, they are going to have a an outdoor recreation program that will rent that stuff. So you can you can get out with some quality gear and decide, do I like this enough that I want to invest in it or not? Um, much better to do that than to try to make crappy gear work. You're going to just be miserable. You're setting yourself up for failure. Which leads to the next question, which is still along these same lines. Um, is it okay to wear regular tennis shoes? Or do I need to get full-on hiking boots? Define well, tennis shoes, because yeah. we called your Topos tennis shoes earlier today. Um, if they're like the white New Balance that your dad, you grew up your, with your dad wearing, stellar. Just use those. Okay, sweet. Just kidding. That was terrible. Those are my model. That was... Are we putting people down? Is that what we do on my, this podcast? My dad wears those. I'm just saying don't wear those. Oh. <laughs> it's totally okay to wear them around town, so just not in the mountains. I, yeah. s- I did see a, um, I don't this is crazy timing, on Facebook today, somebody posted it, and maybe you're listening and you know who, to, you, who you are, but it's like called the Ultimate Dad Shoe, and it's like the white New Balance in the front, and then it's like got a Chaco bat, or not a Chaco, a... Uh, the slide jungle mock the croc croc oh, back croc. Uh, a croc back so it's just got like the <laughs> heel the heels open with the one strap <laughs> and then it had stuff like it had like lines pointing to what was good about it like the extra cushion and then like like um lo- like grass stain resistant front you know <laughs> on the but it was like the ultimate <laughs> ultimate dad shoe might work for backpacking. I don't know. But it was made up. It's not real. Yet. I'm sure some of you will probably make that. I saw one that was had that white New Balance or the white Nike shoe. And it said, like, had one that was really dirty. And it was like, this is my dad's model lawn shoe. And then this one was like, go to the store, the hardware store shoe. And it wasn't quite as dirty. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's one that's really clean. I was like, this is what I wear to church on Sunday. 
<laughs> it's the life cycle. Right. The white New Balance uh, shoe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so a good trail running shoe works. True. Mm-hmm. And you can even get away with like a road running shoe. Like an ASIC. Yeah. Yep. You're probably going to be better off hiking in a running shoe that is broken it like you're comfortable in than to go and buy a full-on heavy-duty backpacking boot and try to wear it for the first time on a backpacking trip like your feet are going to probably be more messed up from trying to break in a backpacking boot than to wear a running shoe i did learn a pro tip from <laughs> eric you know i remember erica um we went backpacking in the uintas once once with a group I said wunch, wunch, and she didn't have waterproof shoes. She basically had her tennis shoes, and so she brought uh, uh, baggies, yeah, baggies, baggies with the rubber band. And so if you run into wet grass, rain, uh, small stream crossing that you have to do, you and you don't want to take your shoes off, um, keep your feet warm and dry. You put the baggies over your shoes, plastic bags over your shoes with a. like a tie of a some kind band rubber something. band or something yeah which is the pro tip if you don't have a Gore-Tex boot oh, there you go. yeah and uh, so I I usually backpack with trail runners that are not waterproof uh, and the reason why I do that is because I personally find trail runners more comfortable usually here in Utah or Wyoming or wherever in the summer we don't get a ton of rain so it's not that wet and it's hot and so my feet stay more comfortable with that but then if i run into rain my feet get wet so i lay them out pull out the insoles and stuff and let them dry in the sun and they tend to dry fairly quickly um more quickly than like a gore-tex shoe would so i like non-gore-tex shoes for summer use but for wetter weather the fall the spring or whatever having a waterproof shoe goes a long way um but yeah, I think it's good to have a, a good trail runner uh, or a good uh, lightweight hiker. Um, just something that you've hiked a lot in that you know is comfortable or hiked or walked around and used a lot that you know is comfortable um, is, is good. Now, you generally want to have a shoe that has pretty good tread, pretty good traction. Uh, people um, backpack in their Chacos. Yep. Because, the, I mean, they're thick, they're supportive, they're just open to all the elements. Right. But otherwise, if you're used, if that, if you wear those for long distance, if you wear them every day, I mean, you know who you are, Chaco person. Right. It can probably work. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, so, I would say if there's any shoe that I would suggest not using, probably don't backpack in flip-flops. Don't backpack in like your dress shoes. And I've seen it. People will do it, but uh, yeah. Um, don't backpack in a brand new heavy duty hiking boot. You might be able to get away with a new light hiker or a new trail runner because they tend to be softer. But a heavy duty backpacking boot needs to be broken in properly. Um, and even still, even a light hiker or light trail runner, like I, I'm wearing La Sportiva Bushido trail runners. They're very comfortable as a daily shoe. When I go hiking them, it tears the tears my heels up. Well, I don't know why, so yeah. Well, it's interesting be because, I mean, you can't. Like I was running in my ultra, 
the big ones uh olympus right and then i thought these are really cushy i'm gonna backpack in them and then i got blisters backpacking in them yeah so yeah i don't know it changes things for sure um you put we put a weight on you and go longer i guess 10 miles instead of like i was running like three to five miles in them and then all of a sudden i put 25 30 pounds on my back and hike 10 miles it changes the way the shoe's going to react to your foot right so mm. yep definitely yeah and you know you can't avoid all problems you take some moleskin take some blister stuff just in case like um you won't avoid all problems but you can avoid a lot of problems if you wear a shoe that you're used to that's somewhat built for for it's kind of like life you can't avoid all problems yeah to embrace them yeah. you know you i welcome this nice. blister <laughs> yeah. say hi to this happy little blister down there on my foot <laughs> until you actually have that <laughs> until you're screaming at it in pain and yeah yeah so take some hiking poles that'll go yes. a long way to helping you get through the did foot, you take hiking poles on your through hikes oh my gosh those things saved my butt you did I, take some i didn't yeah, think you did I oh always wow. hike with with checking poles uh, and i would not go on a hike without them um, as far as backpacking hike without yeah them. um and especially on this last trip after i had ruined my foot the whole the last 16 miles was all downhill and there are some techie sections, and without those trekking poles, it would have been a lot more difficult. So, trekking poles, if you're just getting into it, are a, I think they're a must. I think if you're doing long miles. Man, that's something people don't think about. You're like, oh, I got a tent, I got a sleeping bag, I got this. Trekking poles. Saved, they've saved my bacon it, probably, like literally saved me hours and hours and hours of additional pain or potentially like. I don't know if I'd go so far to say my life, but maybe on at least four or five occasions. Well, they're on my short list of like must have. Yeah, I, I agree. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, they seem like a pricey prospect to get into and like, um, they're just sticks. I've had mine for, and they're the BD flick lock, the original kind. Um, I think it has the two different, mm-hmm. Um, section so it does kind of get shorter for eight years yeah. at least yeah they last a long time yeah so <clears throat> excuse me so all right well there's a couple more uh questions answered frequently asked questions answered and there's more where that came from on future yeah. episodes so um all right well thanks for joining us for the podcast please subscribe if you haven't already and leave us a friendly review if you would also, um, check out gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y. Do you know what we sell on gear30.com? We sell happiness. That's what we sell. We do sell happiness. <laughs> and can you really put a price on happiness? I don't think so. No, but we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's relatively <coughs> affordable. I mean... It's a pair of skis. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> it's a pair of skis. And boots and bindings. Yeah. This, this is the week that... Chase's my maybe it was last week switched from summer to skiing <laughs> already like, like Saturday I just like ski it's ski season it's ski go. season <laughs> it's, I'm over this heat let's go skiing yeah no it's weird how that happens and I find that I'm doing that more and more like 
in January. Well, maybe not quite January. February, I'm already like, all right, I'm ready to trail run. I'm ready to hike. I'm ready to mountain bike. I'm ready to backpack. Mm-hmm. Like February. And then literally like August for me hits. It's usually like when I get home from a backpacking trip. Or I got home from a backpacking go. trip and I was like, we went up to my friend's cabin. We're all hanging out. And I was like, we were talking about skiing. It's like, let's just let's get this summer over with and start skiing already. Yeah. I'm ready. I think this summer in particular, because for some reason, the change of season represents a change of everything that's going on right now in the summer yeah and so maybe that's an additional sure, motivation sure subconsciously or consciously covid crap behind and go skiing <laughs> january amen. january amen so yeah. uh yeah all right well thanks for joining us we'll see you on the next episode see you out there <laughs>